Good morning, everyone, and welcome into the fifth episode of Topper Talk, a podcast presented to you each Friday morning by the College Heights Herald and the WKU Herald Sports section. I'm Mark Webster, the producer of Topper Talk, and I'll be hosting the show this week while Herald Sports editor Drake Kaiser recovers from his seasonal allergies. But as always, we're still going to be covering athletic discussion and news at WKU. Later in the show, you'll be hearing from several of our beat reporters who will tell you everything you need to know about the Hilltoppers and the Lady Toppers. You'll also hear from the WKU coaches our staff has spoken with throughout the week. So, with all that being said, let's go ahead and get into it. All right, Alec, thank you for joining us today. Um, let's hear a little bit of a recap between the UAB versus WKU matchup, man. Yeah, so it was quite a slugfest. Uh, Low-scoring game, WKU comes out on top. 20-13 uh, in this one, only give up one offensive touchdown. Um, after having no interceptions through the first three games, uh, they get four in this one. Kyle Bailey with two, uh, Jeremy Darvin with one as well. Um, so really uh, – yeah, really impressive defensive performance um, against the defending Conference USA uh, champions, UAB Blazers. Uh, Tyler Johnston, the third, their quarterback, really struggled. Got a little. Tyson Hilton said he got a little banged up, so that might have helped a little bit because uh, he ended up he took three sacks, a couple from D'Angelo Malone, who was a force in this game. 10, 10 tackles, two sacks, and, and Darwin as well. Darwin was all over the field, yeah. but the the WKU defense as a whole, I mean. Helton said after the game, bodies were flying everywhere, guys were making plays everywhere. So he was very much um, – he, he could not say enough about the defensive effort throughout this game. Had a very high praise. Uh, loved what uh, – he said it was like the perfect game. For, he was exactly the way that he envisioned the defense playing. That's kind of how uh, Helton described it. So Clayton White did a pretty, a pretty masterful job. And, you know, after what happened week one against Central Arkansas, this defense has come a long way after getting, you know, 220 yards and three touchdowns hung on them by Central Arkansas's Luan Winningham and then 2-2 two -two Atwell, 145 and three touchdowns. I mean, a common theme in these losses, a, a receiver goes for about 150 and three touchdowns. And then in the uh, the wins, the two wins against Florida International now – uh, UAB, uh, there's been only one receiver to go over 50 yards in either of those two games. So the, the pass defense has been very key in the wins, and they were all over the field on Saturday night. Well, yeah, you mentioned it. You know, WKU is now 2-0 in conference play. They have a big matchup coming up this week against Old Dominion. Talk to us a little bit about, like, what, what are some takeaways for this game and a little bit about you know, how hungry Old Dominion is going to be playing against WKU. Yeah, if you don't remember last year, Old Dominion was the week before homecoming, and and WKU had them had them uh, dead of the rights. I mean, it was it was over, and then Old Dominion comes down, scores a, a I believe it's a game tying touchdown. Then WKU gets the ball back. They go all the way down the field, attempt a field goal. Um, it's short, and they return. They return it all the way down to a, a, like inside the WKU ten, and Old Dominion kicks a a game winning field goal. Um, just one one of the most bizarre losses in a in a season of bizarre losses. So it might be WKU that's a little bit hungry. 
uh, in this one, uh, coming off of a, a shocking loss a, a season ago. But Tyson Helton, going into this game, Tyson Helton was harping on offensive execution, situational football. He was not happy with the situational football. Penalties down in UAB territory that was ta- that took WKU out of field goal range. Ty Story took a big sack late that took WKU out of field goal range. Had they were had they been able to make the field goal, the game would have been over. It would have been a ten point game. Uh, or essentially over, not for sure, but it's a, but I mean a ten point game with the way UAB's offense had been playing would have been a lot to overcome in about six minutes of game action left. So um, offensive execution would be big, whether it be penalties, you know, knowing you know knowing when to throw the ball away, taking sacks, and just overall when you get down in the red zone, when you get down in your opponent's territory, and being able to punch the football in. There, the, Gage Walker had a touchdown called back. I believe WKU would score later on in that drive a touchdown, but still having touchdowns called back has been a killer. Um, but overall, Ty Story, I thought he had a, a decent start. You know, no turnovers, I believe. Um, you know, managed the game, got led the team in rushing. Uh, but I think WKU is going to have to get the run game going again. It's been pretty, it's been pretty abysmal. Uh, Louisville, they had somewhat of an excuse because you're talking about a Power Five ACC team, but. Um, and, and UAB has a really good front. They're a really good defense. No, no discredit to them. But WKU had been running uh, pretty well the, their previous two games. So this this could be an opportunity to get the run game back on track. Yeah. Well, as you mentioned, you know, like you said previously, you know, WKU's defense has been playing phenomenal, and the offense is kind of playing suburb. What would you say is the biggest? Uh, who has the biggest like advantage as of right now? Is it WKU's offense trying to feel like okay? We have to step it up. Like we can't really let the defense type of uh, the defense have more leeway on us. Or you think it's the defense saying, "Hey, we're going to be the front bone of this team, and if we have to make plays and get interceptions and stuff like that, we'll do that." What are your takes on that, man? It. I mean, you know, I, I mentioned this in uh, my article today in the College Heights Herald. Go pick up a copy. Um, little cheap plug right there, but. Um, yeah, but I mentioned you know Tyson Helton came in with an offensive pedigree. Yet it's the defense taking over. I, I I think right now the defense, like you kind of referenced, is the backbone of this team, and they're the ones that are making the plays. They're the ones that are stepping up. And I think you know right now you're, you're talking about a transition from a starting quarterback to a backup quarterback with the offense. You know that's going to take some time. That's not something that just happens in a week of practice that adjustment period is going to take a few weeks so the defense right now it's kind of on them to step it's kind of been on them to step it up like hey man our offense is not going to be able to score 40 points a game we got to go in there and we got to shut some guys down and that's exactly what's happened um but the offense nonetheless will need to eventually kick it into gear because 20 points a game you you know, you can't ask your defense to be holding guys to 13 points a game. I mean, right now, WKU is third in scoring defense against CUSA opponents at 13 and a half. They gave up 14 against FIU, 13 against UAB. They're only behind North Texas and Southern Mississippi. But they're only, I believe, seventh out of 11 teams in scoring offense. So that's going to have to, you know, and again, Helton was talking about this. Uh, they're going to have to, uh, they're going to have to, bump up the office of execution to not put it all on the defense. But the defense has certainly been stepping it up recently. And, um, I mean, it's fair to assume it will continue. Any uh, last thought, uh, final thoughts on Old Dominion and WKU facing off on Saturday? I, I think it will be an interesting matchup against two teams that, um, you know, again, played a crazy game last year. Obviously, new head coach for WKU. Um, 
Yeah, I, I'll be I'll be interested interested to see how Ty Story does in his second start uh, in the offense, and, and if the defense can continue its dominance uh, in, in Norfolk on Saturday. Thank you, Alec, for joining us once again. We actually had a chance to speak with head coach Tyson Helton Monday at his weekly press conference. Tune in to what he had to say. There's two things that I think a football player needs. He needs to know that he's loved and that he's taken care of. And if a football player knows he's loved and taken care of, he'll run through a brick wall for you. And so with that being said, you're, you coach your players hard. You, you, you keep sharpening the knife and you, you make them have an edge. And that's what we're going to have to do this week. If we're going to go get a win at Old Dominion, we're going to have to show up at the park mad and angry and have our knife sharp and ready to, to go to work. And if I don't think we're a, a good enough football team right now. When I was here in 2015 and we went to Old Dominion, we were kind of like the UAB team that showed up here. You know, they felt good about themselves, as they should be. They felt like, hey, let's go get a win, as they should be. But they met a WKU team that was mad and ready to play and had something to prove. We're about to see that out of Old Dominion, and we got to match that intensity. And that's the type of football our team needs to play. They need to have something to prove every week, have an edge about them, um, and feel like, hey, we're trying to go show the world. We're, we're, we're trying to go do something here. It, I hope one day we can feel like what we felt before, where, hey, we can show up at the park and we're about to go wear somebody out. That's not the approach we need to take right now. All right, guys, we're going to switch it up just a little bit, and we're going to take you right to soccer beat writer Elliot Wells as he gives you the recap of the Charlotte game on Thursday night. He's also going to preview WKU soccer team as they continue Conference USA play against Old Dominion on Sunday. Y'all listen in. Thanks, Mark. Hey, guys, it's soccer beat reporter Elliot Wells. I'm here to give you an update on the WKU soccer team. The WKU soccer team continued Conference USA play last Sunday when they welcomed Louisiana Tech to the WKU soccer complex. The Lady Toppers handed the Lady Texters their first loss of the season in the 106th minute of double overtime. Junior forward Ashley Leonard scored a game-winning penalty kick goal to lift the Lady Toppers to a thrilling 2-1 win. Leonard's golden goal against Louisiana Tech marked her team-high fifth goal of the season and also marked WKU's sixth win in 2019. Through just nine matches played, the Ladies Hoppers have already surpassed the 5-8-4 overall mark the program posted in 2018. After WKU reached double overtime again over the weekend, the Ladies Hoppers have now played five of their first nine matches into the second period of overtime. The Ladies Hoppers were also in action at the WKU Soccer Complex against Conference USA foe Charlotte last night. WKU suffered its first conference loss of the season against the 49ers in a 3-2 overtime loss when freshman forward Julia Petrum scored in the 96th minute to lift Charlotte past the Lady Toppers. WKU will continue league play on Sunday afternoon at 1 when Old Dominion visits Bowling Green. The Monarchs have posted a 6-2-2 record this season. So far, Old Dominion has outscored its opponents 22-11 and averages 2.2 goals a game. We'll see if the Lady Toppers can get back to their winning ways when the Monarchs visit WKU on Sunday. I spoke with head coach Jason Idell following WKU's loss on Thursday night. Here's what he had to say following the Lady Toppers' first loss of conference play. Yeah, I mean, I think um, credit credit Charlotte a lot. I thought they had a really good game plan. Um, they're a really good team. Um, we were we were having trouble with their um, attacking transition 
the entire night. I mean, they just sent players flying forward so fast, um, and it was it was catching us. Um, and uh, and we you know we tried to make some adjustments at halftime. They worked for a little while, and they didn't work a little bit. Um, so you know, credit credit Charlotte. Yeah, it stings, but credit Charlotte. They're a good team. They came in with a game plan and executed their game plan. And thank you so much, Elliot. Content's always on point when it comes to WKU soccer. We know where to find you. With that being said, it's debate time. Myself and Caden Gaylord, we're about to break down to you WKU's offense versus WKU's defense. Now, the debate, which we're going to be talking about, is which which side of the ball has the most to prove. And like I said, Caden, it's about to go down. And let's just flat out get right into it and not mess around with people's time. What are your thoughts, man? WKU's offense or defense has more to prove this week against Old Dominion. Now, in terms of overall in the season, I would say the defense. But if we're talking about this week specifically, I'm going to focus in on the offense a little more. You know, Ty Story got the start this week, and yeah. you know he came out with a win. I'm looking at Seth. He was 15 to 24, 189 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah. You know, but my problem is he had 13 carries for 26 yards, and Gage Walker had 12 carries for 19 yards. Yeah. Now, Gage Walker has been a little funk for the past couple games, yeah. I would say. At or it could just be the defense has been pretty yeah. well. Exactly. So, you know, the fact I just think the fact that the quarterback has had more rushing yards than the number one running back is a problem. Yeah. And that – you know, he has – I feel like Gage has a chip on his shoulder to produce like he was doing the first two games. You know, 19, 12 carries on – like 19 yards on 12 carries is a lot. And I feel like that fumble he had also affected him a little bit as well in the game. So, I, I'm focusing on that. And, you know, the, I'm, the receivers are doing great. I feel like Lucky Jackson deserves more shine. You know, like you're the fastest on the team. He's the fastest player on the team. You know, he, he's not utilized – in my opinion, he's not utilized in the way he should be used – because he's probably, if not the best, one of the best top two receivers on the team. So, to me, it's, you know, the offense has to become more of a high-powered offense that, that we were told that they were going to be. You know, they're scoring 21, 20, 21, you know, games. They, they got to be up in at least 28, 30 range every single game. So, I, I think it's more focused on the offense. And Ty's story is – I feel like he will produce eventually. So, before I give my actual, like, intake on – who I think needs to have which side of the ball needs to have a like has a bigger chip on the shoulder. I do want to uh, I do want to actually talk a little bit about what you said. So you talked about a little bit about you know Ty Story having more rushing yards than Gage Coleman, uh, Gage Coleman, <laughs> Gage Walker, <laughs> Gage Walker. Um, the thing is when you when you rush the ball as a quarterback over 15 times out of the out of shotgun, you're going to have more yards than your running back. So that's just pure you know. You know, that's uncut. That's You're going to have that when you have a quarterback, you know, sneaking and doing other things that running backs are supposed to do. I mean, that was the game plan, it seemed like. And even we we talked to Coach Helton, he even said, like, you know, it might switch up this week. But they felt that was best for WKU at the time to run Ty Story necessarily as quarterback, but, you know, doing those design type of runs. Now, Gage, uh, Gage's his play so far, I would say – he has improvement, but the thing is, when you get a defense like UAB and a, a team like Louisville, like these are these are tough defenses, and they're gonna they're gonna prepare to the best of their ability to be able to shut down the running game. That's every team's 
this every team's goal is to shut down the running game. No matter how good the running team is, they're going to shut it down. They're going to force the quarterback to throw it in the air. Now, regardless of UAB kind of successfully doing that, they they put themselves in the loophole. You know, now although WKU's offense didn't you know generate most points, I mean they put up 20 points this game. That's Ty Story's first game. I believe that Ty Story has more to prove. You know, without doubt, he looked really good other than the first play of the game, which my opinion was kind of a under a over not the throw wasn't as center point as it should be. Gage probably should have called it, but. I'm not. I'm, I, I was. I seen the throw, and I was just kind of questioning the throw. I thought the throw could have been placed in better placement for Gage in the sense if he had to turn around and kind of catch the ball. You know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things where, if we look, if we look at it, I believe the offense has. They have. You know, they have significant uh, charge to be able to become great. But now, let's look at this defense. You know, defense wins championships. You know, defense wins games. The offense. The offense is good and all, but the defense is where it stands point. And this defense played lights out four takeaways. They were getting sacks on the quarterback like they were going crazy. You know, Kyle Bailey, had he had two interceptions in one game, and then Jeremy Darvin and then Trey Meadows. Like this defense is starting to look like the centerpiece behind WKU in general. So I'm going to personally go with the defense. The reason why I say the defense is because I believe the defense is the heart and soul of this team. You know, like you can you can you can play mediocre like they did on offense necessarily. I wouldn't really call it mediocre, but like they played kind of average as I said against UAB. But the defense, they play lights out. They were not giving them too many big plays, and that's that's what I think. That's what Webby Webb thinks about that man. My thing about the defense is they haven't consistently been playing, you know, lights out or anything. To me, this was their first quote unquote lights out game. Right. You know, this is the first game where they've actually produced turnovers. Yeah. You know, so I, I need to see more consistency from there from them to say that. But, you know, to say that they're the heart and soul of this team. But I was impressed with the defense. I would the DBs, they need I, they're stepping up. You know, they just need to continue going up up and up and up. Yeah, yeah. But quick question, uh, I, I don't want to cut you off, but I'm going to cut you okay. off. Okay, so pretty much as we talk about, you know, defense, I mean, in the past it's been the chewed-up secondary, right? That's what everyone's been talking about. Oh, the secondary can't make plays. They're getting burned against guys from Central Arkansas. Uh, Louisville, they're getting burned. But when now when they get one good game, it's kind of like, oh, man, this defense played good. But then the offense is like, wait a minute. Now we, we put up points too. Like we had to score – you know, we didn't – like, there was no pick six in the game, so why are they – why can't we get no – why can't we necessarily get no love? Joshua Simon's probably like, I mean, why can't I get, you know, notifications saying like, hey, shout out to the tight ends, you know, shout out to Pearson's. Like, so it's it's kind of up in the air when you look at it that way. But you can continue to say what you were going to say, though. I mean, I mean, yeah, you're right. You know, it's – I think it will get better with the overtime. You know, before the season, you know, Helton kind of like promised that this this offense was going to produce and be high powered and all that other mess as well. So you know, I think you know they just caught a little slack for that. You know, staying in a twenty point range through most of these games, but defensively they you know for the two conference USA games they played great, only giving up fourteen points and thirteen points. So you know it's it's looking great for them so far within the conference. Now we'll see what happens throughout the rest of the season and how they go through that. Old Dominion, I would like to twist this question a little bit. First, Old Dominion. Now, if you remember last year, WKU played Old Dominion yeah. on the hill. Yeah. And they Amazing. lost 
off of three untimed downs. I believe it was three untimed downs. Yeah, that was on ESPN, man. And special teams was like the big flop of the game, basically, at the end. So if if we're talking about who else has a chip on the shoulder, special teams has a chip on their shoulder. Okay, okay. You know, <laughs> I just – that ending last year just – it still mind boggles me, like, how that even happened. Yeah, you know, about, they They try to kick the long field goal. Old Dominion takes it back to, like, the 30-something. There's a face mask penalty or something like that, and they and Old Dominion takes an untimed down uh, field goal for the win, man. It was just – it was just a crazy game and a crazy – you know, crazy way to lose. And to me, that's what did it for Mike Sanford. But that's a different discussion. That's, that's a whole that's a whole <laughs> other topic we have to talk about later. But like you said, I mean, we pretty much touched about it. We both have our sides of is WKU's offense and more of like an uprise or is the defense an uprise? So final takes on it. What do you think going into Old Dominion, who do you really think is going to be? I, I need to hear it. I know we broke it down by stats and all that stuff, but – the listeners need to hear who does Caden Gaylord believes that is going to have the bigger impact on this game moving forward, the defense or the offense? I think the offense is going to step up in this USA game and score over 20-something points, at least 28. I think at least 28 points, you know, to carry the load and take some of it off the defense. So I'm going with the offense. So Caden's going with the offense. I'm going to have to go with defense. I'm just a defensive guy. Although I play offensive line, I'm a defensive guy when it comes to the tops because I believe that, you know, they. I'm from the show – you know, they, like I say, I'm from the show-me state. So if you show me one game, I need to see another. So if WKU's defense, if they want to gain that respect as like the top-tier defense in Conference USA and the nation, they have to have another performance there getting takeaways. Because, like, I mean, that was their first interception – all season necessarily so like they were able to get turnovers but they have to find different ways to get turnovers you know and with that being said they're gonna have to like I said Caden they have to find ways to get turnovers any final thoughts oh man I just me personally I hope they pull out this victory you know they need another bowl game and this will only help get them toward that goal well, we'll just have to find out and see. With that being said, I mean, you are the beat writer for WKU Volleyball, right? A lot of interesting stuff has been going on your way. You know, Caden Gaylord will be recapping of the Southern Miss matchup last Sunday. He'll also be previewing the WKU Volleyball team as they continue Conference USA play against MTSU and Marshall on Friday and Sunday. Tune in. Thanks, Mark. This is Volleyball Beat Reporter Caden Gaylord, a.k.a. KG3, a.k.a. underscore KLG3 on Twitter, and I am here to give you guys an update on the team. Last weekend, head coach Travis Hudson and the Lady Toppers moved to 15-1 on the year after sweeping Southern Mississippi in their Conference USA opener. WKU extended its winning streak to 11 straight matches by defeating the Golden Eagles in a clean 3-0 sweep last Sunday. Following the team's four-straight sweep, WKU is up to an NCAA best 11 sweep wins in 2019. On Monday, the Conference USA League office announced junior transfer Nadia Judene was named CUSA Setter of the Week for the second week in a row and the third time this season after she averaged 11.67 assists per set for WKU in 3-0 wins against Austin P and Southern Miss last week. This Friday and Sunday, WKU will continue conference play with two more home matches in Dill Arena against Middle Tennessee State and Marshall. 
The Lady Toppers have started the year 9-0 on their home floor, and WKU hasn't lost a match home or away since their 3-1 loss at 24th-ranked Louisville on September 6th. MTSU is currently 6-9 on the year and 0-1 in league play, while Marshall is 11-4 and 2-0 in Conference USA play. WKU is currently on a 12-game winning streak against the Blue Raiders and an 8-game winning streak against the Thundering Herd, but Marshall is on a 4-game winning streak of its own at the moment. The match between the Lady Toppers and Blue Raiders is set for Friday night at 6, while WKU and Marshall will start their match at noon on Sunday. I spoke with head coach Travis Hudson following the Lady Toppers' clean win against Southern Miss last Sunday afternoon. Here's what he had to say after this team continued its fourth best start in program history. Well, we have a chance to be really good, and uh, we're, we're approaching it. Today was a big step backwards, but, uh, but a, a big step backwards with a win is, is kind of what you hope your step backwards to be. Uh, but but we got to be better. A week from now, we'll have to be way better than we are. we got a rival Middle Tennessee coming in on Friday, and then a really hot, really good Marshall team coming Sunday. So we got a week to be better, and we will be. All right, guys, I really appreciate Caden coming on and giving us an update on the WKU volleyball team. But with all that being said, that's all we have for you guys this week. But we will be back next Friday morning when the Topper Extra newsletter hits your inbox bright and early. Between now and then, hit us up on social media. I'm on social media at Talk It Up Sports. That's T-A-L-K-I-T-U-P-S-P-O-R-T-S. And the Herald is on social media at W-K-U-H-E-R-A-L-D. And on Twitter, we have our additional Hurl Sports page at W-K-U-H-E-R-A-L-D-S-P-O-R-T-S. Reach out, hit us up during the week, and let us know your feedback. We'll be back and talking with you guys next week, but until then, see ya.